With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Unpacked Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. What's well, been an eventful week? We've had a win at Blackpool, we've got some transfer rumours, and we've got a Millwall preview. Uh, my name is Paul Mann, and I will be joined tonight by Jonathan Lowe of From Berkshire Live. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, good evening. And I've also been joined by Jordan Cole. Hi, Jordan. Hello. So, Jonathan, you were the only one of us, all three of us, that has actually seen the Blackpool match. Kind of brief summary, positives and negatives that you take from that game. Um, well, I think positives, uh, well, place, place next round of the FA Cup, which is um, no bad thing because it continues the uh, winning momentum. Um, you've got shown the, the the extent of the squad. Um, 11 changes, obviously, by Bowen, just like in the first uh, first tie. And uh, it all paid off. And I think overall, uh, I would describe it as a very uh, mature performance. Um, it Certainly by the end, it, it did look like a, a championship uh, versus a League One club, and uh, even though, as I say, it, it was largely made up of the younger players and the French players, um, you know that the, they really um, proved their worth. And I think um, it was a thoroughly deserved victory. Uh, you can have a few complaints from it, um, and of course you got the likes of Gareth McCleary, um despite not having played too much recently, um, showing his sharpness. Um, Dan, Danny Loder I think looked bright as well and I think that's all encouraging in terms of pushing the first team players on uh, pushing them for their places, keeping them uh, sort of hot on their toes and uh, that will hopefully benefit Reading uh, in the in the next few weeks and months um, as they as they push on in the league as well so um, you know, all, uh, all positive all round, I don't really think there were too many negatives um, if at all really I'm trying to think of any um, uh, no, I mean apart from I don't want to pick on Sam Walker, but it's, he, he didn't ooze a lot of confidence in goal. That said, he did make a two two uh, very important saves, very good saves as well. Um, but uh, he doesn't fill me with confidence. Maybe that's, uh, you know, judging by games I've seen him in the past as well. Um, but then, then again, in his defence, to come in just from the cold, really having not played at all, um, I think it's very difficult asking for, for any player. And obviously with the goalkeeper, everything's magnified. Um, so I don't want to be too down on him, but uh, no, I, th- I think it's a l- largely a very positive evening. Yeah, obviously the turning point of that tie was all the way back at the Medeski Stadium when uh, the Blackpool striker decided to take a penalty kick. I mean, he must look back at that and think, what was I doing at that moment? But I thought a positive from that night was Jordan Nabita coming back, scoring a goal. He looks like now he might be playing more of a left-sided midfield position when he's going to come on. He did that last Saturday when he came on in the match. Do you think that's uh, kind of like where he's going to be playing, Jonathan? Um, quite possibly, yes. I mean, obviously you've got uh, the other two, Richards and, and Blackett, for, for that position as well. Um, I think he, um, he he swapped places with Richards uh, half-time, actually, on, on Tuesday night. Um, so I think maybe Bowen wanted to see them uh, in both positions. Want to see, um, you know, what they could offer. Um, I think, to be honest, I 
I it's very difficult to separate the pair to be honest um I think both of them have got assets uh going forward um you know for for uh for a kind of quality um in the final third you've got uh, Richards's pace uh, so I think they they could be both be useful in, in di different circumstances um but certainly um yeah, Beater's a more than, um, adequate d defender as well. So, um, if he can add sort of that more attacking element to his game, uh, which I think he's got, um, then yeah, I mean, he, who knows? He, he could be kind of a sort of a left winger. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't call it sort of a nutritional out and out winger, but sort of left sided attacker. Um, I, I don't see why he can't sort of evolve and and um, develop in, into that uh, sort of position in the future. Yeah, well, he showed his ability as a left-sided winger on Saturday, didn't he? Set up the last gas equaliser there against Forrest, which, you know, was a very, considering the situation, it was a decent enough cross. I mean, we definitely did get lucky with the own goal, but you'll take that. Another player who came in was Lucas Boy. Now, Lucas Boy is one of those frustrating players who makes the incredibly hard look easy. But then when he's got the simple pass to make the move carry on, he just loses concentration. It's some kind of I don't know what it is. How did he play, Jonathan? Um, tough one actually. I, I think certainly in the first half, um, apart from from his goal, uh, I thought he was very poor. I was very disappointed by him. Um, obviously, this was his big chance in the team, uh, and we all know he's he's got that. Uh, he's got a little bit of spark about him. He, he does have the skills to, to get past players and sort of nip the ball past players. Um, but whenever it came up to him, he was just, uh, it was just bouncing off him uh, and he wasn't keeping possession when he did have, have the ball. Um, the goal obviously gave him a bit of confidence. Second half, uh, he did look a bit better. Um, he hit the woodwork, uh, hit the bar twice, I think it was in the end. Um, so he's, you know, show he's still got some, uh, he's still had his confidence. Um, but uh, overall, I, I wouldn't say um, it was a performance worthy of uh, putting him in the in the first team on on Saturday. Um, I think there's still lots of question marks around him. Um, I'm not totally convinced by him uh, as a player generally, really. Um, and his goal scoring record obviously is is not what uh, he would want it to be. He's played about 20 old games now and, and got a couple of goals. And um, yeah, I, I I still feel uh, he's got a lot to prove between now and the end of the season if he wants a permanent deal here. Um, uh, I, I just feel he's just one of those players you, you get to the end of the game and think, what has he actually done? Um, unfortunately, and uh, I can't see that changing, really. Yeah, I think, I think you've probably got it there. He's going to be one of those frustrating players that you think there's something there, but getting out of him... Maybe he'll come out of him when he's 28, 29. He's finally clicked in his brain. The ability has kind of like reached his feet and his brain both at the same time. Because he's clearly got ability. There's no doubt on that. It's there. But what do you think of him? Uh, Jordan, you kind of like watching Lucas Burt. He's a kind of frustrating player, isn't he? Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, we've seen in flashes his quality. Um, the little move for the the first time he hit the post or the, or the bar in the Blackpool game looked, you know, absolutely classic Lucas Boye and he just like managed to take a ball out of the air when he's surrounded by men, wiggles away, dribbles another one, smacks it and he gets a bit unlucky that it doesn't fly in. And we, we've seen like moments from him, um, but he seems to struggle to stitch it together. He seems like one of those players that 
we, we do have to bear in mind he's still fairly young and we do have to bear in mind he's in a new country and a new team and all those things. Um, I do wonder whether he's one of those players that you'd only see the best from him if you, got, if you gave him a good run in the team. And I just don't see that happening because the team's playing well and there's enough guys in front of him that he's probably never going to get that five games starting in a row. Um, so I think uh, he's probably just got to try and do the best he possibly can with his you know, limited minutes he gets. Um, and if he can put a couple of really good, you know, appearances off the bench together, then, you know, maybe maybe we'll see him come in. But, um, yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't be making changes based on what I've seen so far from him. No. His, yeah, I mean, even he will probably admit that he should not be in the team at the moment. I'm sure he wants to be in the team. You know, he's, he's not terrible, but no way at the moment. I can't see him being the replacement for Jawa. It's just not going to be happening that uh, Mark Bowen's saying that we are looking to sign another striker as we are in the transfer window. So let's go into that transfer world of activity where strangely not much is actually happening at Reading at all. No incomings, but one outgoing today, which I don't pretend that I've ever seen Jack Nolan play. A bit of a surprise on that going to Warsaw possibly, Jonathan? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um like you said, it was uh, completely out of the blue, really. Um, he's, he's obviously a teenager, 18. He's, he's got some England's uh, youth international uh, experience and uh, played a few times for the 23s and 18s and stuff. And, uh, you know, sounded quite highly rated. I only saw him a couple of times. Um, I wouldn't say he, he stood out at all. But, um, yes, yeah, certainly on, on a permanent deal as well. But obviously he feels that uh, maybe he can make break um, into the team there, get some, uh, some, some league football sooner rather than later than, than he might have anticipated at Reading. So, um, yeah, good, good luck to him. I, 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 you know, it, it might be a huge loss for Reading. We'll, we'll, we, uh, we'll see in a few years' time. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously he, he's, uh, he's 18 and, and he possibly, you know, on the face of it, another a good season with the under-23s is, uh, is what a player needs in that situation uh, to then go and progress in, into senior football. But, um if he feels he make the jump uh, a bit quicker, then um, yeah, good luck to him. But the big story we've got is Lucas Jow being out now for three months from Mark Bowen after the game against Blackpool on Tuesday. That is, it's been pivotal in our change of formation and our kind of change of form. He's really held the ball up well. He's scored a few goals. So him being out is a big loss. Instantly, we get linked with Glenn Murray off the back of, it appears, not very much at all, really. Just somebody making some rumours up, possibly, and some betting odds. I'm not totally convinced that Glenn Murray would be the answer. What do you think, Jordan? No, he doesn't scream Lucas Jao replacement to me, personally. Um, we talked before about like how funny a player Jao is and that he's big and physical, but he's not doesn't play like a target man particularly he's very 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 good at linking the play um but doesn't necessarily appear to be you know a real out and out true goal scorer so he's a funny player to try and replace Glenn Murray you know I really liked him when he was here on loan that was quite a few years ago and he was quite old then so I would be a little bit cautious about that um and just more in general I, I think despite the fact that I'm sure Brighton would be keen to to let him go so that the deal wouldn't necessarily cost that much. 
I would worry about the wages that were involved in that, in that it doesn't seem to be particularly forward thinking if that's the move we went for. It's very much a case of bringing him in for the second half of this season, um, which whether you think we definitely need somebody or not, I think somebody like um, Murray with absolutely no resale value, it's it's a big gamble on on making um, the second half of this season a playoff push. Um, so I'd be a little bit cautious about a move like that, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure that one's going to be happening. I think it's uh, a bit unlikely. I think it's um, kind of like something that football fans like to see. They like to see the return of someone they know and they feel comfortable with. Like We constantly see the Shane Long one and myself talking about Lewis Baker. So I put myself in that guilty group as well. Um, someone who is definitely being linked with other clubs, and this does appear to be the truth, is Tyler Blackett. Jonathan, where is that situation? Do you think he'll be staying at Reading for another two and a half years or leaving? Uh, short answer, no, I don't think he'll be staying. Um, when he goes, I don't know. Um, obviously, he's come on well in the last few months or so and uh, you know, arguably produced his, his best uh, football. Um, but obviously, it's taken a while and uh, I, I wouldn't say um he's uh, he's worthy of a of a contract extension to be honest um you know i like it i like him as a as a person he's great he's a really nice guy um but i i don't think it would be a huge loss if he were to leave uh, especially as you've got obviously a beater and, and richards uh for, for that position as well um albeit they don't have that versatility of, of playing left side of a, of a uh, in centre back as well, um, so yeah, obviously th- this Turkish interest is not really going away. Um, the latest I've just seen is that um, uh, he's turned down this new contract, so clearly he's looking to explore his options. Um, I think it's certainly Reading it, they're still going to be letting players go. Um, you know, not not uh, not big players this month, but uh, you know some of the youngsters are going to be going out on loan. And I think again in the summer you're going to be seeing a big, uh, quite a big overhaul of of personnel, um, because I think that there's still, I mean, you need to look at the back of the program to see how big the squad is. Um, you know that yes, there are a few youngsters in there, but still it's it's far too big. And uh, I think you know, along with the likes of Guns from McCleary, I think Blackett, uh, they'll say to him, you know, thank you for your service, but. Uh, you know, it's best for both parties if uh, if you move on. So, um, so yeah, when it happens, I, I don't know. Um, you know, there's talk of, of these Turkish clubs offering him a pre-contract deal. So, you know, he he, he signs it uh, signs it now, leaves in the summer, and he's got that assurance that uh, he's got another club. Um, you know, that, that will obviously maybe give him a bit more sort of uh, security and confidence. Um, but uh, I wouldn't have thought he would leave in this window. To be honest, I think it's most likely in the summer at the, at the end of his contract. Yeah, that would fit into everything. It kind of like works out best for all sides, doesn't it, really? Hopefully he sees us off in a playoff final win. That would be the ultimate dream, wouldn't he? He scores the winning penalty. Yeah, yeah. calm down, Paul. That's not happening, is it? But we live in hope, don't we? So there is another story that has broken today that is kind of... We could kind of predict this was going to happen. We've obviously seen the appointment of Alexandra Matos, the new sporting director, the Brazilian. 
And now we're getting linked with players from Sao Paulo. We have been linked with two central midfielders. Uh, we've been linked with Felipe Aruna. I'm sorry if I'm completely killing the pronunciation of these players because uh, I do not speak uh, Spanish. And Igor Lizarero. Now, that is bad. Even I know that one's bad. But that one was for seven million, the latter one. Something that's interesting from this is there's the fact that they keep on claiming that we're under an embargo. Now, can you please tell us, Jonathan, whether we are under an embargo or not? Just clarify the whole situation. There is no, there is no embargo. That was that was uh, last last year, last summer. Uh, the club is no longer under an embargo. So, do you think these Brazilians will be signing up, and will you be talking to them in the streets of Whitley, Jonathan, anytime soon? Well, I mean, I can't say my Spanish is uh, is any more than Miyamo uh, um, Jonathan. So, um, I don't think be engaging in much conversation with them. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, as we said, as we said it's, it's no great surprise that, uh, that these uh, Brazilians, Brazilian players, are going to be uh, links with Reading. Uh, whether these two come off, uh, who knows? Um, obviously, talking about seven million euros, it, yes. I think that's that's yeah. kind of six, six million pounds these days, which is obviously a lot of money. Um, you know, really don't really well. Really do and don't have problems with money because obviously the you know the, the owners uh, are extremely wealthy and, and money is is no really object for them. Um, so it's all down to whether. Um, uh, you know, Nigel Howe and the various board members can work their magic in terms of uh, getting the deals across the line and making sure that uh, it's it's all right with the authorities. So, um, I, you know, certainly next year or so, I'm, I'm sure there'll, there'll be some Brazilians coming across. We obviously saw with the um, under-23s midfielder, Warwick, Warwick Caetano, which I don't know if that organization is right, but uh, you know, people like him and Pedro Neves as well coming from... Is it Pedro Neves? Pedro... The young guy from Everton, the under eighteen, I think it's Pedro Neves. Um, him coming as as well. So, you know, like I say I expect a, um, you know, a fair few to come across over the next sort of twelve eighteen months. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of ironic that we still have some fans saying that Mark Byrne is playing long ball and we're trying to sign two Brazilian midfielders. I mean, it does kind of counteract that. I mean, what's your first thought when you hear this news, Jordan? That whether it's true or not, it does fit the pattern of what we've got now at the club, doesn't it? Of the Brazilian uh, sporting director. Yeah, I think I think that part definitely makes sense. Um, I'm surprised we're talking about stuff for January. Um, I would have thought with the new chap coming in that um, a lot of his efforts will be thinking about next season. I know that's still difficult because things are up in the air. You know, I think we can be fairly safe in thinking that we're going to be in the championship or higher. But... Um, you know, I would have thought his any interest we have in players is is really with a view to to next season. Particularly if we're talking about the money involved, I'd be amazed if we have enough wiggle room in in the budgets for a for a six million pound player personally. But I can't claim to to know the finances intimately. But that one would would surprise me. Um, the positions make sense. You know, from rumours wise, we know that um, you know the the jury's still out and and the the, uh, the the transfer is still up in the air, I suppose, with Pele. Um, you know, we've heard that he, he wants to stay and we know that he's playing very well at the moment, but um, that's certainly a role, whether it's him or somebody else, that we'll, I'm sure we'll be looking to, to fill in the summer. So that part makes sense. Um, I, I just wonder whether this is more 
hopefully with a view to to next year rather than anything too drastic in this window yeah um it's hard to know isn't it with our owners because like jonathan said they are absolutely minted um i don't think money is an issue if anyone can spend 50 million pound on the training ground that's kind of an indication of where they are financially and just all the things that have happened at the club the signings we've made but financial fair play is the kind of major obstacle here and it does trigger a few alarms in my head when we're spending this amount of money when we've already spent a lot of money in the summer but obviously we haven't signed these players so we don't need to worry about it at the moment but one other player a couple of other things was Pele it looks like he possibly wants to say he's uh, using the words as perfect for Reading FC now that is what you want to hear isn't it from a player who desperately wants a new contract wants security calling the place where he's at perfect do you think he's going to sign a new contract and draw? Do you think he'd get offered one, Jonathan? Uh, oh, that's, that's put me on the spot. Um, I, th- I think, uh, I think quite possibly yes. Um, I mean, as if he keeps up the form, I, I must admit, I, certainly at the beginning of the season, I wasn't very impressed with him at all. Um, I thought he was just very sluggish on the ball and uh, he didn't really add much to the side and uh, sort of Runa Motor came in and sort of um made his mark, mark and, and uh, he was uh, he was mainly on the bench so um but no to be fair to him he, he's come on a lot i've been very impressed with him in in the past sort of month or so and um i mean clearly he likes uh, he likes the club he likes playing in england um monaco don't want him so i think if uh, if reading are, are able to sort of put together a package which uh, you know which suits him um you know which is not sort of you know, sort of, sort of you know, peanuts um, because he'll probably get offers from from elsewhere. But uh, he seems to be settled. Um, I said I did my best to push him to to say I want to stay here and there. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I think he, he's happy here. And uh, you know, if he can keep up the form that he is showing over over the next few months, um, I think that that's the, that's the only if really. Um, then uh, I, I'd say yes, certainly offer him a, a deal and, and hopefully it's one which uh, uh, which he'll take. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And um, some one other player is Danny Loder. Now, that's a saga that's been going on for a little while now. Do you think that's going to come to its uh, culmination this window, Jonathan? Um, I think for everyone's sake, I, I hope it does, um, purely because... Uh, as you say, it's, it's dragged on for a while. Um, he's been now being offered a, a new contract, and he's clearly re- reluctant to sign it, and uh, understandably so, given the fact he hardly played um, in the first team this season. I think it's only just uh, six six games he's played in the league and one start, and that was on the opening day. So uh, you know, he's well within his rights to look elsewhere. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I think um, I, th- I think he will be off. Um, whether it is Wolves, I don't know. I mean, I think they are still monitoring, but from uh, from all accounts, and um, you know whether he'll get much more game time there remains to be seen. But uh, I think yes, I think he will be gone by the end of the window. Yes, I think that probably will be the case. When I think it'd be good for everyone, won't it, for all three parties if he actually gets his move to Wolves or wherever it is, and for us and uh, for Danny Loder. So. Millwall on Saturday, that is going to be such a tough match. They're in eighth place. They've also got the seventh best home record 
Gary Rarett has transformed them since he's come in in October. How do you think it's going to go, Jordan? Oh, it's going to be a really tough game. Um, you know, Millwall have been flying under Rowett. Um, and they've, you know, last season they they sort of surprised a lot of people and did did really, really well. And then obviously had that terrible start to the season. Um, and Rowett came in and, and it's just clicked. Um, you know, he's they're solid. You know, they've got a lot of very, very strong players. And that was sort of the, the backbone they've had for years of being very, very resolute and hard to beat. Um, but they seem to be able to, to pick up wins a lot more regularly under Rowett. He's got them really, really well organised. And we've seen Rowett teams be successful in this division before. And we've seen him, um, you know, put together really, really comp- uh, competitive teams before. Um, and that's exactly what he's doing with, with this Millwall team. It's going to be a real tough game. Yeah, you're totally right on Gary Wright. He's a 15 matches, eight wins, five draws and two defeats. That's an impressive record since he's taken over. Jonathan, they are the team that they've matched us in the last eight games of form. They're exactly the same. So it's going to be a, such a hard task to go there. And well, to get a win would be tough. Do you think we could do it? Um, I, mean, I think they probably could do it, but I think it's just smacks of draw all over this um i say so i think i think they've drawn quite a few games recently as well so um and i, I think i think both clubs would be would be happy with that to be honest um especially with uh i mean yes not many of the the players who, who play on saturday traveled to blackpool but uh obviously it's you know it's the middle of the three away games as well so uh i think certainly they take a point um and uh yeah i mean obviously but mill uh, have done have done well certainly um, since Rowett has come in, and but uh, you know under under Bowen, you know Reading a just as uh, you know Mill should should fear playing them as well. So um, yeah, there's certainly sort of a you know, a lot more of a resilience and character about the side. And um, whereas in the past couple of years it would have been uh, you know anything other than uh, um, yeah, if they could get a point, is is would be positive. But you know, they they, they might pull off a win. Who, who knows? I think I say on the form they're on, the current form is good. Um, confidence is high. Um, you know, in, in Bulldog, he's, he hasn't scored much recently, but he, he could come good. And if uh, Swift and Ajaro turn up to the party, then uh, then who knows? Yeah. <sighs> Just talking about style of play, what you kind of expect from Millwall is the long ball and the long pass. And it kind of fits in. They've got the second lowest passing rate in the whole of the league and the third lowest passing accuracy in the league. So it's kind of what we're expecting. Obviously, we're probably going to, I would expect to see Jake Cooper lining up. He's only got one goal this season. So that's waiting to happen. And obviously, there's Alex Pierce as well. I mean, those two, I know the corner they're going to play. We've seen it for so long at Reading Football Club when they play it to the far post. My my kind of nightmare goal is that Jake Cooper's at the far post, heads it back, and Alice Pierce, and then nods it in. That would be the combination that never really worked at Reading. But as soon as they leave, it happens against us. What do you think is going to happen, Jonathan? Oh, Jonathan, sorry, Jordan. Do you think we're going to get a win there, or would you take a draw? I mean, I take a draw for sure, um, but I think we will have to go and, and be confident about trying to get a result. Um, a, a big question mark will be over 
who fills Zhao's spot and, and how they do. Um, you know, Bulldog looked a little bit isolated and a little bit out of it at the at the weekend. Puskas seemed to link the play a little bit better, so I'd be maybe tempted to start him. Um, we're probably, you know, as you said, probably going to have quite a lot of the ball, um, which might suit us. We've been doing quite well being a counter-attacking team recently, but, you know, we do have the the players and the ability to break down um, break down defences. Um, set pieces probably could be key. Um, I'm going to jinx us, but you know, we've got a, a very, very good um, track record with set pieces this year, yeah. um, keeping them out and scoring them. So hopefully that can continue. Um, but they are, a, you know, a big physical team. Um, and they've got, you know, a couple of players with some really outstanding quality. You know, I'm sure we've all seen the, the sort of season that the Jed Wallace is having. You know, it's it's just remarkable, really. And it, it probably does them a disservice to say they're a one-man team, but um, so much of the good that they do comes through him. Um, and he's been playing just on a different level um, this season so far. Yeah, you're right. He's got nine goals this season four penalties and he's got two of them from outside the box. So he's a player who's going to be able to score some goals and it's going to be a major threat. That left-hand side is going to be key throughout the match. But I think that I think we just got to win that midfield and the tempo against Nottingham Forest, I think, in the first half. Nottingham Forest played really well in that game in the first 45 minutes. And Ben Watson was key for them and also someone who kind of like angered the Reading fans, as in uh, Mr. Uh, Sal in the midfield, or Soy, Sal, whichever one. He was uh, kind of a real, he was a pain in the ass, basically, wasn't he? He really was. He was very effective at what he did. And in the second half, he lost his uh, kind of impact on the game. So I think that is the area where we've got to be really good. And someone who we've been talking about earlier, Pele, needs to really be on his game from the first minute. And if we play the right formation, I think we should go for the 4-1, 4-1 in that game. But the, as you mentioned, uh, Jordan, there's going to be that issue. Jao is definitely better than Puskas and Bulldog in that role. Personally, as we've discussed on Twitter as well, Jordan, I prefer Bulldog. But that's opinion, isn't it? You know, there's no right and wrong on that one. So who would you go for, Jonathan, up front? Uh, what do you mean on Saturday? Yeah. Um, I think I would probably go Bulldog actually, but I'd be wary of them putting a lot of long balls up to him because he's you know, obviously he's not kind of that that presence, but he's someone who can run off the defenders and run behind the line, and and you kind of fancy him against someone like Cooper or or Pierce because uh, they haven't got the pace. So um, if if he can do that, or if at least you know he can hold the ball up and bring some of the others into play. Um, you know, just putting out there, you know, why not Yakumate put, put him up top? He can sort of put himself about a bit uh, and maybe sort of put Bulldog, uh, you know, on the right side of right wingish um, and uh, bring him in that way. So uh, that's just a, another option. But um, I think, yeah, I'd start with Bulldog and then maybe put Puskas on a bit later if uh, just to try and change things up a bit. Yeah. I think that's probably what we're going to see is a kind of like one of those ones players playing. So hopefully we'll be talking about a win on Sunday. If you haven't followed us on our Instagram or Facebook, get following us. We will be uh, talking about the game and hopefully three points. So we'll be back on Sunday. Cheers. <laughs>